This is Janet Gallon welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today is such a glamorous departure because we are going to be in a classroom with Lee Rosenberg, who is an art teacher. And you'll see in a minute, Lee, why don't you say hello and, and tell us where you teach? And Hello, I'm teaching at San Leandro High School in San Leandro, California, right across the Bay Bridge. Um, we're right between Oakland and Hayward, and this is uh, grades nine through twelve. And this is look drawing... at that. Look at that wall behind you. All of those are works of art by your students, right? These are all works of art by oh. the students. And if I if I turn my computer around, you'll see them all painting right now. Oh well, can you do that for a minute? Let's see if sure. it works out. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, say hello to. Janet. Oh hi, <laughs> hi. Oh, to be in an art class. Okay, let's talk. Okay. Okay. Let me just ask you, when did you first realize you wanted to be an art teacher? Or did that evolve slowly after other things? Uh, I realized I want to be an art teacher after I taught Spanish for 20 years. And um, yeah, 20, over 20 years, maybe 20, 24 years. Wow. But I'd always wanted to be an art teacher because that was my major at the university. And so actually, I'd originally wanted to become an art teacher instead of a Spanish teacher, but um, you know, positions, there's all, there, there aren't as many art positions available. So well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Because I understand that schools are what you hear about art being taken off the curriculum. Is this true? No, not at the high school level. It's a graduation requirement. And, oh, nice. Um, okay. Yeah, there was a, there was a waiver in California through, through the pandemic. Um, where students were able to graduate without taking their art class, but that waiver is no no longer exists, and it, we're back to the way things were before the pandemic, where art is a requirement for graduation so, and for the UC schools. That's wonderful to know because you know when you think about art, I cannot think, and I've been doing it this morning. I can't think of a society, ancient or now that doesn't have art as a part of its existence. I mean, look at Let's Go. The first thing we knew about it, people so long ago was because we discovered their painting. Oh, I'm gonna cry. We discovered their paintings. Yes. Yeah, I mean, there. I, 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 you can hear the silence, you know, in the room. It, it's, it's, um, it's sort of a rhythmic, relaxing, therapeutic silence. You know, students are testing, they're taking English, math, science, you know, all these difficult courses. And I, it seems like they come in here to really just get their mind off of, you know, stressors and things that cause them anxiety and just leave their troubles behind and, or, or forget about things that are, you know. Or, or discover they have abilities that they didn't know about. There's the other thing they're discovering, you know, a lot as they're painting, um, you know, what their own potential is as an artist. I have a question and maybe you can answer it. Maybe there isn't an answer, but art is so much a part of various kinds of therapy. Art is a part of therapy for children who have been abused. Art is a part of therapy for people who are ill. There are cancer programs who have, that have art, drawing and corporate. When you say they, they come into your class to empty their minds, what does that mean? I mean, it seems to me they come into class and they get to change their minds into some other plane of existence. 
Well, they're just using the other side of their brain that they, so okay. they get to let that, you know, uh, one side of their brain rest, the side that they use to um, set their alarm clocks at night and um, tie their shoes and all the things that they're used to and accustomed to let that side rest and, and sort of awaken the, the creative side of their brain, which as we know, we use really when we're dreaming at night or when we're painting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I see some of those paintings behind you. I have a question. Do some of these students come to you and they've never lifted a pen to a paper in an art? Um, this is beginning before? drawing and painting. And I, I find that um, some students may, might not have taken art since it was incorporated into their kindergarten classes or so maybe they've gone 10, 12, you know, 10, well, let's see, five to, to age 18. So yeah, I would say some students might not have had a chance to formally study art in 10, 12 years. Um, my, unless, question, my question is, some of those drawings, paintings behind you are very sophisticated. Do you help students individually? How, how do you go about teaching to draw, for example, a vase full of daffodils? Um, really great question, Janet. Um, so we spend the first half of the year um, confronting those challenges, um, lifting pencils instead of phones and um, using new tools that students haven't used like charcoal, um, erasers, oh. sh pencil sharpeners, which to us seem so normal and, and we're used to them, but students nowadays use computers and uh -huh. books. And so uh, just, just teaching students to observe with their eyes and training their eyes to see the world in a new way um, and then training their hands to draw what it is that they're observing. We start at ground zero. What is ground zero? I'm asking this because I still mm -hmm. remember, and I'm 80 years old, as you know, because I'm the same as your dad. Mm -hmm. And um, I still remember maybe when I was like six, learning, maybe even earlier, learning what you could do with a piece of charcoal on a piece of paper that you could shade it and get dimension. Well, we do that. We, we that get charcoal and we, I mean, you're... You're bringing memories up for me. See, a student. Are, okay, so what are they? Just handed me as he was overhearing you, uh, Javier, who yeah. I've actually known since he was probably 12 years old because I taught middle school before this. Uh huh. Um, he just handed me a piece of charcoal just to let you know that we are using charcoal and rubbing it with our fingers to create dimension. Isn't that just a, a, yeah. a universal joy? Okay. Yeah. So you've got charcoal encased in a pencil. We had charcoal, just a clump of charcoal. You know, oh, do I have clumps of charcoal. Actually, the reason I have it encased in a pencil is because we're using it to draw our prelim preliminary uh -huh. marks on canvas. So it's a little easier to control uh, when it's contained in wood when you're trying to draw on canvas. But we use uh, vine charcoal, willow charcoal, compressed oh. charcoal. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. Some It's funny to watch some students, uh, they'll get a tissue because they don't uh, want to use their fingers. Oh, I, okay. I, I prefer to use my fingers to blend, but there's oils on your fingers that can affect the charcoal. So I do ask them to maybe try with a tissue. Uh-huh. Okay. So that brings up another memory of a, of a project we had in the sixth grade. I needn't mention again how long ago that was. 
And we were, you know, it takes a lot to get excused from a class. I mean, you didn't get to come and go in classes, mm. um, but we were allowed to get up and go into the bathroom at any time we wanted and as often as we wanted to wash our hands. Well, I'm fortunate to have two sinks behind me. That's very lovely. We didn't. Yeah. Use that. Okay. Yeah. What is your first, you said it brought up memories for you. What is your first, what are your first memories? Of drawing? Yes. And art? Um, well, when I was, oh, my first memories, gosh, I mean, you're forcing me to think back beyond the first memory that, that, that was triggered when you said that, but I was thinking, can I go back further than that? Um, well, I used to draw um, figures, uh, playing instruments, monsters is what I used to draw. Like when I was uh -oh. very young, I mm -hmm. think I was maybe eight or nine years old, I started drawing monsters playing drums and monsters <laughs> playing guitars. That's great. And yeah. so my parents looked at that and they were like, wow, he really likes to draw. Um, of course, I used to scribble and finger paint before that. But my first memory is when they actually sent me to an art school over the summer. And I really wasn't happy that I had to go to art school over the summer at first, you know, because I wanted to do other things like ride my bike. Um, but I did end up going and really enjoying it. And I was taught to just look at the houses around and draw with a pencil and do charcoal. This was at, you know, California College of Arts and Crafts on Broadway, sure. which, is, which is still there actually. And what, what do you do? You know, there is a genetic component with drawing. I did not or, know. I mean, pardon? I didn't know there was a genetic component of drawing. Well, there's a genetic component with everything. But, you know, when you when you look at, I mean, your father drew wonderful. I, I, oh, I, I had a couple of drawings that he did that I was so in love with that he let me have them. But, you know, what do you do with a student who has no inner talent for the, some, <clears throat> okay, so you were drawing monsters playing drums. Not everybody could do that. You're, by the way, you just triggered memories of my father drawing a lot too and, and painting. And so maybe seeing him, you know, motivated me in ways that I wasn't aware of. But your question um, is a really good question about what do you, what do I do as an instructor? When yeah, how do you encourage somebody who just can't mm -hmm. do what is traditionally required of making a picture. Well, um, I would love for you to ask one of my students that because I'm not, I, I, I will answer it for sure. And I'd love to hear what students- Call one up, call, call one up if you like. Um, let's see, who, who hadn't taken an art class before this class, this beginning drawing class? Is there, is there anyone? So would Tammy, could you come up and talk, talk on the radio show and say, you know, how did I help you? Uh, can I pull a chip, have him take yeah, my yeah, chair? Yeah, sure. Let's just take okay. a minute and do that. Yes. Absolutely. So this, this is so interesting because I'm just going to take a minute to mention something, Lee, while you're getting yeah. settled. Hi there. Uh, and, and, and that is, you know, when you talk about emptying your brain or somehow relaxing, I think doodling, you see people doodling when they're nervous. They're yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people doodle and, and you know, release stress that way. Um, I think that's what, right. They're expending negative energy, expelling negative energy somehow. Scribbling, drawing, uh -huh. doodling, things like that. Okay. So, that's Debbie, you, you started with no previous. What's your name? Tammy. Tammy. 
Tammy, I'm sorry, the mask, you know. Okay, go ahead. Are you willing to take off the mask? Oh, uh, no. No, he doesn't no. want to take so it. Wait, what am I Pardon me? So your question, the question, she, she can't take off her mask. Can't, okay, so can you kind of scream through it so yeah. we can hear you? So yeah. you, you hadn't done any drawing before you got to Mr. Rosenberg's class. Is no, that correct? I have, but I haven't taken an art class. So how did you start? Uh, how did you feel? Started? Were you were you nervous about yeah. taking a class where you hadn't done any of it? No, because uh, like I guess I haven't taken an art class like at all. But like I was in, I haven't taken an art class like, uh -huh. before this class. But like I was like drawing like when I was a little kid. So like me and my dad would just like draw. Your dad, Lee. Maybe you can oh, okay. kind of say she, again. She and her dad would draw. A lot. Okay, so you had a nice feeling for it already. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. And and are you able to draw things now that you couldn't draw before? And is there satisfaction in that? Uh coming into this class and from what you've learned in this year, the question is like, are there new things that you've learned to draw and are you satisfied? Yeah, I'm really satisfied with like, you know, defining shadows, you know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, like I learned about cross hatching, and like uh, it made my drawings more defined, and it's actually practice because like we're consistent with it. You know, it's like week by week. Like that. That's wonderful. You know, it is kind of a magic act when you think about it. Drawing. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for what he mentioned the consistency and working week after week after week, and I think that's what it really takes is practice. And I told everybody, it does you don't have to know anything about drawing when you come in i'm going to teach you skills as long as you practice week after week anyone can learn to draw okay I mean, that's good news that's very good news Thanks, thank man. you for joining us up here i know i'm keeping you from your desk and your drawing so yeah. i don't mean to do that okay no, thank no, no, you though no. he's painting go back to we'll, we'll show him what you're painting uh, okay is there anyone else who like this was a new class entirely for like learning to draw or paint was new to you. Ashley, was this new? Can you come and talk about your experience? I have a student who uh, had no previous experience drawing um, where Tammy, you know, spent a lot of time drawing with her with dad. Her father, yeah. I don't think Ashley did. So Ashley, have a Hi, Ashley. Oh, hi, dear. I can see your face. I'm glad, okay. Um, <laughs> So you had had no experience drawing before you came to this class? Not at all. <clears throat> Doodling? Um, when I was little, yeah. I Coloring was, books? Yeah. But like not really like actually um, like trying out stuff with like charcoal or anything, never. Were you intimidated to try something absolutely new? No, I was actually kind of happy I was trying something new. because Oh, like, nice. Oh. Okay. That's kind of a lesson in itself, isn't it? Yeah. To dive in. Um, and what are you working on right now? Um, we're doing abstract symbols, I think that's what it's called. Oh, okay. A color table. Want to yeah. grab your painting real quick? Yeah. She's painting a color table. I'm going to have her bring it over. So they're doing, um, practicing value, value scales, but sort of, uh, while painting a painting. So instead of doing value scales and then painting, we're practicing value skills as we paint. Short, sure, hold that up. I'd like to see it. Okay, you know what? You have to talk a little about it so that you come into full screen here. So 
So um, we're doing different colors and we're, we're doing different shades of colors. So I just decided to use like all different types of colors, like dark colors or um, pastel colors. And then I just decided to draw some random symbols. That's really nice. You know, it used to be long ago and far away that certain colors did not go together. Yeah. Those days are gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, telling you, know, you can use any colors, try anything, even if you think they don't go well together. And, and by the way, you know, that was true in clothing in the 50s. I mean, you could not wear black and brown together. You could not wear red and purple together. You couldn't wear black and blue together when I was growing up. Black and navy my parents, blue. My parents said I couldn't wear black and blue together at the same time. Did they, was that just, <laughs> so And then, and then I, I got older and I was like, can I wear black and blue together now? You know, said, I, yeah, I, you I was raised with the same. You can't wear black and navy blue. And then I read a book many years ago, a popular novel called Geisha. And they described one of the obis for mm -hmm. one of the kimono. And they described the black and navy blue of which it was made. And it, the description was so gorgeous. And I wondered what in the world happened to Western civilization with I was not, nobody was allowed to wear blue and green together, Ashley, if you can believe such a stupid thing. Nobody. That was considered ugly or somehow an offense to civilization. I don't get it. Makes no so sense. I, hmm? That doesn't make sense to me either. And it Ashley's doesn't. sporting blue and black. Yes, and, and it's beautiful. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I, I once, when I was like about 14, came down the stairs and I was wearing a green skirt and a light blue shirt. And I came down and a friend of my mother's was over, an actress friend named Janet Brandt. And they were very good, I mean, dear best friends. And I came downstairs and as I came downstairs, my mother said, oh, you, you can't wear those colors together. Go, go back up and change. And I said, but I like the blue and green together. She said, but you can't wear them together. Yeah. And her friend Janet looked at her and said, well, Ruth, the sky meets the grass. If it's good enough for God, why can't she do it? <laughs> Blue and, and green. my mother never bothered <laughs> criticizing a color combination since then. But it was written in stone. Did parents ever tell you you can wear certain colors? Together? What? She told me pink and yellow. Pink? Yeah. Ashley, mom said pink and yellow or the no-no. Really? I've always loved pink and yellow, but... <laughs> <laughs> but did she give you a reason for it no she just said it just didn't go well together isn't that funny yeah, I don't know. okay i'm so glad we're through with that <laughs> thank you ashley thank you dear what what do you think okay this is important i think because how important it is to teach art you're teaching other things also there's a science of color yeah this is in fact uh, in the instructions, it talks about how this is really a chemistry experiment, what we're doing right now. And physics. Yeah. You know, El Rainbow. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Oh, well, yeah. If you're talking about refraction of light. A, and a prism. Um, and, and for me, it's more, I mean, thinking of how these colors were created and how they bring them to, how we get them to our table. I mean, how they mix the colors or what pigments they use. But for the students, it's really an experiment of tints and shades and how they can lighten hues and darken 
darken them and, and combine them and what colors work well together, which are opposites, which are, uh, you know, work harmoniously together or which are side by side on the color wheel. So I think they're thinking about all of this as they're painting because we all are, it's kind of like, it's primitive in a way because just like with math, I'm not very good at math, but I understand what the number five means. Because I have five fingers, I can count them, I can imagine them, I can visualize them. And like, we've all seen a rainbow and it's the greatest thing when we see those colors in the sky, we recognize them immediately. You know, they bring back some of our best memories, right? When you see a rainbow, because it's so rare. Right. And now to get to- And it's always the same layering. Same colors, the same, right? So. And here they are using the colors of the rainbow to create something personal. I mean, the, the physics of it is fascinating. I'm gonna send you a link to a book called, okay. it's essentially the physics of color, you might like it. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have another question that's always kind of interested me. Are there, I mean, between every color, there's an infinite range of colors, right? Well, there's secondary and tertiary colors. You can mix one side with the other side, and I would. But are there, are there are there man-made colors, colors that absolutely do not exist in the universe? Yeah. Well, the fluorescent. I don't know. Fluorescent colors seem a little. Except for the aurora borealis. What do you call that? Well, yeah, that's pretty fluorescent, isn't it? <laughs> right. And, and uh, fluorescent you- green. I don't know. I've seen some colors that, to me, I I sometimes don't take them out. I don't put them out for the students because they don't look natural to me. Like okay, the, see that's the fluorescent colors. I I don't I don't know why. I just I'm not attracted to the fluorescent. Okay, colors. that's interesting to know. Yeah, but everything else I think we can find in nature. You um, know, I I think so. Too. I when I was okay, I'm from LA, so we were Mexico essentially, and yeah. serapes were kind of a part of our wardrobe when I was young. I mean, everybody had one, you know, you always wanted a syrup. And there was a turquoise blue in it that mm. even as a child, I knew wasn't a real color. I, there just wasn't yeah. a real color. Huh. And then well. m- many, many years later, a trip to Mexico, Caribbean, and I looked at that water and it was exactly <laughs> that turquoise. And I thought I owe an apology letter, speaking of letters, to the entire nation. <laughs> Of Mexico, yes. You find them. What are you showing? Turquoise. Uh huh. Yes. Well, well, this blue was particularly powerful. Anyway, let me ask you something, because I'm about love letters. If you were to write a love letter right now, or any of your students, who'd you write it to? A love letter right now to anyone. Yeah. A letter of appreciation, uh, a memory, anything. Uh, well, I would say I would probably write a love letter to my spouse and make uh, try to you know cheer her up or make her day or so she felt special. Oh, it, and it will, by the way, if you mail it. Mail yeah. it, but I can. Can I? What about handing it to? <laughs> okay, so that's perfectly acceptable. Your handwriting on paper, mm-hmm. and you know you know about paper, so I would say good paper and in indelible ink and yes you can hand it to her but i feel what you have to do then is get out of the room and let her read it in private that's a good idea i always write my letters in ink on paper Uh, so you do write letters i do yeah 
Oh, so be, because even though you know well, what only love letters. Yeah, sure. Even though you know what's in the letter, because you've written it, it's private to her. Yeah. She gets to read it without you looking at her and expecting a response. Yes. I have another, I have another, oh, suggest. Anyone in, anyone in here uh, ever write a love letter to a? I hear some laughing. Does that mean yes? It probably, it's, it's we did letters in December, you guys. Remember, we wrote artists' letters. Did anybody write um, a letter and give it to someone you really care about? A si uh, I gave it to George. To George, to your brother. Yeah. I have How a nice. student who wrote um, a letter of you know to his brother. How nice! Okay, that's that's wonderful. You know, I saw something once that would be perfect for you and your class and anybody really, but especially if you can draw to um, adorn the envelope. Oh, we decorated the, we made our own envelopes. Oh, we, that's even better. <laughs> and we adorned the envelopes. Um, we made the cards, we made the envelopes, we wrote everything by hand. Okay. We, we designed the front covers. And I know there are students in here who are being shy and don't want to say they wrote a love letter. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I'll tell you a really, I'll mm -hmm. tell you a fun thing to do in a class. I don't know if it's appropriate to yours. But just to have everybody sit in a circle, everybody look to the left or the right or whatever you want. And you have to write a love letter to the person to your left or right. Wow. And it can be a total stranger. You can write about what you see. You know, do you see, do you see kindness in that person? Do you know that that person is generous? Do you know that that person is whatever it is? You know, just a letter of appreciation. And then you stamp and you mail it. Oh, there's so many things to do for artists and letters. Uh, yeah, Card. artist cards. It's something. Uh, it's one. It's one of my favorite projects we do. But it it sounds. It sounds like you just got your your hand and heart right on this. Okay, I'm so happy to hear that, honey. I want to thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. And I'm so glad that we can are. I, can I plug my uh, my yes. classrooms needs? I was going to ask you to do that next, please. Yeah. So the reason that um, I'm reaching out to you and the, the greater community um, and your listeners is because we have 150 students here who are consuming a lot of, um, like you said, charcoal, pencils, paint, canvas, and we use a, a lot of materials and the students really deserve to get their hands on these materials and, and actually have them at at their disposal when they need them, like Tammy said, on a regular basis, a consistent basis. And our budget, as you may know, in California, the state of California, our school budget, although this school, we have a fairly, a better budget than other schools I've heard, you know, it's not enough to cover the price of art materials. Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, I have a, a link where I have projects posted that we want to start, that we want. Why don't you say the link if you can? I know it's long, but say it anyway. No, it's not It's not too long. It's, um, it's uh, www.donorschoose.com. Uh, which is all one word, donorschoose.org. Oh, okay. Forward slash, and then my first name, Lee, L-E-E, -E, dash Rosenberg. 
Okay. I'm going to post that in what I write up about you on the website anyway. So and that, that's a place where people in the community can really put tools in the hands of these students so that they can keep working. And if you've ever had the fun, by the way, of getting a fresh box of crayons for yeah. a child and seeing the light in that child's eyes at a new tool for self-expression, you can join in a bigger way by helping David's students get what they need. Lee. David, David's my dad. <laughs> That's of course Lee. Well, you know, yes, your dad is so much a part of my head and my heart. Um, I do want to say though, before I say goodbye, that I've known Lee forever, and there is something. My, my first memories. I think I've known you since I was five or four. Oh, sooner than that, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there's something very lovely, just really touches me to see the children who were part of your life grow into the adults who are now your friends. It's wonderful. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, the friendship, I really value the friendship that I have with your daughters. Um, yes. I went to high school and college with your daughters. Right, right. And so, by the way, mm -hmm. I mean, my relationship with your family goes back to your, you know, to Rosie and, and Lou. Oh, well. Right to LA. Okay. You went to Fairfax High, didn't you? Yes, with your Santa family. Monica. Yeah. And spent time at their house. Okay, this isn't about that. This okay. is about you and Art. So I want to thank you for doing this with me, darling. And uh, we'll talk right. another time. All right. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you. And goodbye to all the students. Thank okay, you. For everybody. Bye. Say goodbye. Okay. Good day to all of you. Bye-bye.